to the 128th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Antner. How you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, I thought we'd spend some time on DISH this week, uh, both in terms of earnings as well as an announcement they sent out a few days ago about an agreement with Samsung for uh, OpenRAN gear. Do you want to start us off and tell us about the uh, Samsung agreement? Well, Samsung is coming in with equipment and, and trying to make this all run smoother, right? We all know that running an open RAN network without a safety net is, is really challenging. And this certainly had its challenges. And Samsung is the, the latest company to co- go in and tries to fix it. Does this materially change the rate at which they are going to be able to expand? What What's the key takeaway here in terms of adding another vendor, and specifically a vendor like Samsung that is pretty big? Well, it, it's, it has the commitment of, of Samsung, and, and Samsung wants to make major inroads in the U.S. They are in with, with Verizon. And Open RAN, especially in a multi-vendor environment, is very challenging, and, and DISH seems to be the furthest ahead. You know, I want to point out what, what Deutsche Telekom said just earlier this week, that the multi-vendor open RAN, which is open RAN, is really difficult, and that they are holding off on open RAN deployment, you know, this year. And so, Dish is going through through these challenges, and Samsung is hopefully the solution for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, also want to talk a little bit about Dish earnings. I just finished listening to the call on that. I think there are a couple headlines coming out of the, the call, the first of which the 70% national POPs coverage goal that DISH needs to hit in 2023. Charlie and the team seemed very optimistic about hitting that and not having to pay any fines for being late. So I think that's that's a meaningful milestone. I know, I know there's another 70% milestone. You want to tell us a little bit about that milestone as well? Yeah, so 70% of POPs is not that hard to get, right? That's basically the coverage in the the top 100 markets. Gives you about two-thirds, 70%. Then in 2025 is a is a 70% coverage in each PEA. And that one is really hard. Because 70% of, of POPs, you can just focus on the largest markets. 70% of each PEA, you have to get in every part, including rural America, in each partial economic area, there are 416 of them, 70%. That one is tough. Got it. So not, not out of the woods yet, but, but still making progress, and they haven't missed a deadline yet. The other thing I thought that was interesting coming out of this is we had heard that they were having some issues in the past with Phoner, our voice over new radio, right, which is effectively running voice over the data channel. And they mentioned today that they've solved that issue. They're able to run Voner. They're deploying it strategically on a market-by-market basis. And part of the reason for that is that it takes a a lot of tuning and in some cases a fair amount of densification to maintain that uh, that connection. So 
would love to hear your perspective on you know how relevant is it that they they got voner working up on the network well voice is still an important part right and so before they got voner to run and it's great that they're getting voner to run market by market but they need it nationwide or network wide because otherwise they have to fall back on T-Mobile's or, or AT&T's network all the time. And that's a challenge that makes everything much more complicated. And so for them, the owner to run is, is really a, a big milestone and it's really important, right? Rakuten got Bona to run theirs, but you know there's a lot of talk that there's it's working with a lot of spit and duct tape and stuff like that, and it's not very much of a clean open RAN implementation. So it's hard stuff, right? And they're they're doing it, so that's really really hard stuff. And so congratulations to to that team. And then you know from a metrics perspective. They lost uh, 24,000 nets in Q4. That's compared to losing 245,000 nets last year, which is, I think, notable. Still losing subs, but um, doing a lot better as far as that's concerned. Charlie talked at length, and he has for the last couple of times he's had these calls about you know once they have the network up and standing and owner's economics, really making a big push into postpaid rather than sitting on on prepaid and you know he he seems pretty bearish on the prepaid market in general and particularly in their position in it but you know very very bullish on their ability once they have you know this cloud native 5g network up and running to compete with the big boys on the postpaid side which i thought was interesting you know postpaid customers are obviously worth a lot more than prepaid customers for a number of reasons including churn and arpu and things of things of that nature but you have to build the network to, to have them on it first, right? So, but the postpaid market is at least as hard as the prepaid market, and if you get your butt handed to you in in the prepaid market, that doesn't bode well for postpaid, right? You know, if you want to compete with in, in wireless, you have to be able to compete in every segment, and not just saying, "Oh, I don't care about prepaid," you know, it's postpaid, and I'll be really good at it. Well, show us, right? And yes, prepaid is tough. So I would say if they would succeed in prepaid, their odds of being great at postpaid are much higher than, you know, if they're losing four and a half percent, four point what five seven percent customers a month in prepaid. Their ARPU is down. They're losing customer, and every metric they're going down. If you look at this as like training wheels. They're falling over with training wheels. So I'm very happy that Charlie is 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 optimistic that, you know. What I would say is I do think they're trying to do things differently, right? So the whole kind of greenfield 5G, 5G network is different. They are trying to take costs out of, you know, operating the network as well as, you know, they seem to not want to operate stores at this point, right? So, or, or brick and mortar stores as well. So, and that costs a lot of money. They're not willing to do national advertising until they have a national network, right? So, there's a lot of costs you can take out. But my, my question is, you know, can you bring in subs? Can you get the gross ads you need? I think what you're saying is to date, they haven't been able to do that. And, you know, I agree with that. It'll be interesting to see down the road how, how well they do. I do think that prepaid is, is a hard market. And there's a lot of competition, not a lot of margin. 
there. If you're good, you win in hard markets. And postpaid is not any easier than prepaid. Well, if you can get the subscribers, the margin is a lot better in postpaid. Yeah. You know, and every carrier is frustrated that they have so much of their volume going through stores. Mm -hmm. The challenge is it took a pandemic to get them from like below 10% to somewhere in the teens, right? You know, how many people had to die for that 10% increase? Well, I think the other thing about stores that's not, I think, widely understood is that from a carrier perspective, you get a lot better attach rates in terms of accessories, upselling on plans. The, the carrier gets a lot out of having a person there selling the service to somebody from an upsell perspective. Lower churn. Lower churn, exactly. A, a customer that comes in through a store is better in every metric. The churn is lower. Everything is better. The carriers are not bumbling idiots who have thousands and thousands of stores because, you know, they like having a ton of associates, right? It's difficult to manage. If they could run this all over a website, they would do it tomorrow. Even even the cable companies have open retail stores. Well, on a limited basis, but yes. But some, right? Yeah. And their major sales channel is through, to, through telesales, and they have a huge volume there. If you rely on Dish Satellite TV, you know, as your your major sales channel, oh, you're, you're, you're planning to disconnect Dish Satellite TV. Would you like to have wireless instead, right? Yeah, I mean, I, that's a whole other conversation, though, too, right? So, I mean, I think one of the ironies of, of Dish and Satellite is, you know, Satellite tends to do, do really well in areas where cable and fiber and, you know, other kind of transmission me- means are not available, right? And then you now Dish is building a network out and they're starting in the biggest markets, which is the opposite of where their penetration for their satellite customers are, yeah. right? So there's a fundamental mismatch. I think they're trying to meet in the middle there in terms of both of their customer bases. But there's a fundamental mismatch at this point, and there will be for quite some time in terms of where the customers for satellite are and where the potential customers for wireless are. It's really difficult, right? They are building a network where their customers are not are, because they're so spread out in rural America. How this is going to have a happy ending? Mm. And when they're raising money from the debt markets, they have to pay 11% plus interest. That's crushing. But it also shows how risky they think this is. When T-Mobile can raise it for half. Well, we'll keep following it. I think we know where you sit on this one. We have a subscription, have a subscription <laughs> of popcorn, you know. Right, right. All right, we'll talk to you next week. All right, bye. Bye.